Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. Ooh. But we've got Joey D's running the boards. I am his replacement. Hmm. Well. Okay. You're just here on your own accord, sir. I am here on my own accord. There we go. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us. We're going to talk with Gareth von Kallenbach about video games and movies. I will mention a different podcast that I was on. Sorry, guys. I've been cheating on you. What? And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Let's get out of our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. <laughs> or just search for BJ Shakes Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, app, and iTunes to find us. Yes. And uh, I'll just throw it out here right now. Uh, guys, give us five-star reviews on our podcast because that's what I like to see. And then, uh, actually, I haven't seen it in a while, so uh, definitely check that out. Um, and uh, give us those. Let us know that you have given us a review and it'll be uh, it'll be pretty nice to uh, actually uh, maybe send you a comic book. A comic book, you say? Yeah, I got a big old long pull box from Destiny City Comics. My buddy down there, Ethan, in Tacoma, Washington, made it happen. Well, I mean, I kicked in for his GoFundMe when he uh, went to go buy the comic Ooh. book store. Got a huge long list of comic books. Uh, or a long box of comic books, and uh, we want to give those to you. So give us a review, let me know, and then once we get our people who ship things off, we'll uh, ship you off some completely random comic books, and it'll be fun. I I promise. I like free comic books. (laughs) I give you five stars, Rev. All right. Wait, wait. Okay, well, you can just go over there and pick one out and uh, see (gasps) see whichever ones you like on that one. Um, Let's get right in with Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Review. That is SKNR.net. He's got uh, some very uh, interesting information in the world of video games and movies. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed, and we're going to talk both video games and movie news because there's some really interesting developments. And let's start with Destiny 2. What the hell's going on? Well, Destiny 2 kind of kicked off all the conferences, and they um, had a stream the other day, and they talked about what is coming and what is out. So they started off by showing off a brand new expansion, and this would be a paid expansion called Destiny 2 Beyond Light, and it's due in uh, September 22nd. And essentially what it does is it's going to be a new chapter, pyramid ships, that sort of thing, and it's set on Europa. But the interesting thing is that was basically a teaser for all the really big stuff that was coming right after it. And some of it I think is going to be very controversial, and some of it I think is going to be pretty popular. What do you mean in in terms Uh, of controversial? Well, they decided that they're going to edit the game. And by, uh, by that, they've said what we're going to do is we've got over 150 gigabytes of install right now on the consoles so we're going to look back at some of the missions and quests and various things that aren't being played so much 
and they're being pulled out of the game uh-huh. and put in what they're calling the Destiny Vault. And the reason for that is now the fresh content can come in to replace it because their thing is, why are we taking up all this space on your hard drive? Um, if people aren't playing this content, let's you know pull away what uh, roughly file size or more of what the new stuff is going to be. Then they said, well, what we're going to do is the stuff on the vault will be tweaked. And from time to time, it may show up again, including stuff from Destiny 1. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was kind of like, okay. And then they said, oh, yeah, yeah, by the way, uh, in about an hour or so, the uh, season of arrivals, the next, you know, update, free update, that kicks off. So that's out already. Wow. And then... And then they dropped the bombshell. Hmm. They pretty much confirmed it's coming for the next generation of consoles and said, uh, yeah, it's going to run at uh, 4K, 60 frames per second. Oh, God. And anybody who currently owns a console version, it will automatically be available to them free on the new one. And if that wasn't enough, they said, we're going to have cross-gen console play. So if you have a PS5 version and your buddies are playing PS4, no problem. You're going to be able to play. Wow. And same. they said the plan is the same for the Xbox. And hopefully they said someday we'd like to have all generations playing each other. Now, I'm not sure if they were factoring in PC players. But at the very least, that is where they're at with everything. And so that was something really exciting to look forward to. Yeah, and I mean, that's one of those cool things, too, because a lot of the times when you hear, I mean, this whole year has been talking about next-generation consoles, and a lot of the times people don't want to spend the money if it's going to be coming out later. But the fact that you can get it now, play all this stuff now, especially the stuff that has already dropped, you can play it, and then when the next-gens come out, you can still play it. That's fantastic. It's a great idea. It's a really good idea. And, you know, we don't know, but there's some people, uh, you know, saying, well, what are the other games that are going to do that? And it's like, well, I think that's too early to tell. I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's coming down the road. But I think you can see where the developers are going. If we have a game that's running now that's popular, that we are going to continue to run into the next year and beyond, then it does, it just makes sense to look to bring them over to the new systems and automatically hand people over free of charge. So we'll see. Yeah, and I mean, just them doing this first means that everyone kind of has to follow suit if you think about it. Exactly. <laughs> now, moving on from games to movie news, are we going to get uh, you know some filming resuming at this point in time? I know a lot of places well, are finally starting to open up a little bit. Yeah, so this is uh, what we have been told. Today, Los Angeles uh, has, or California, let's put it uh, in in perspective, (laughs) has said filming can resume. And apparently British Columbia, where people may not be aware, but they don't call it the Hollywood of the North for nothing. There's a (laughs) lot of filming that's done up in Vancouver. Most of the CW shows, they are over, well, actually all of them filmed up there, as well as things like Charmed and... um, You know, Riverdale, things like that. Some stuff's filmed over in Montreal, Toronto. They've apparently all said filming can resume. However, it's going to be be very different than what we're used to. And uh, I know for people who haven't been on a film set, they might say, okay, well, that doesn't sound so crazy. But, for example, uh, in California, they 
have to have the local offices sign off on this. And by that, I mean, if you're filming on the back lot in Hollywood, okay. But if you decide you want to go to Anaheim, San Diego, want to go up to San Francisco, want to film remotely out in the desert, the local health office has to sign off on the situation. That makes sense. There are all these changes that I've been told they're estimating could increase production costs 10 to 20% per day. Whoa. And so you may see some budget cutting to try to compensate for this. Now, one of the first things is they're going to have a compliance officer on set who makes sure that these new rules are being followed or apparently they have the the ability to shut down the production right there. Whoa. Now, some of it's pretty common sense. Like they have to wear masks when they're not filming. They have to be distanced. Um, the craft service table, which is like a godsend between mealtime because it's got all the bagels, <laughs> chips, and snacks. They're recommending that everything's going to be prepackaged. You're probably not going to see the catering trucks or the buffet lines, uh, you know, prepackaged foods, that sort of thing. Totally, so yeah. there you have it. Now, where it's going to get really, really interesting is some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that people don't pay attention to. Like, for example, they've been encouraged that any auditioning should be done virtually. If it absolutely positively has to be done in person, there must be like a plexiglass divider uh, to provide a safety barrier. On the set, they have to be spaced out. We've already talked about masks and that sort of thing. There's Uh, One of the encouragements is if any part of the job can be done remotely, like, for example, if you can have your camera set up and be sitting in another room and making adjustments and monitoring the feedback on the monitor in another room, you do that versus sitting on a set. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're they're doing all these things where they're trying to encourage as few people as they can on the actual stage doing things. So you go, okay, this sounds pretty good. Well, then there's the other twist, the cast. There's still a lot of debate about are we going to have to quarantine these people for 14 days before they start filming like Australia, excuse me, New Zealand is doing with the Avatar crew. They were under a government mandated or a government uh, uh, supervised 14 day quarantine before they were allowed to start filming uh, again on the Avatar movies. So apparently that's all kind of been okay. Um, There's a debate about once they start filming, do you have to just sequester them all in sets? And how often are we going to test them? Because if they go home to their family and then come back again, um, this is all to be sorted out. Another problem that they're running into, there'll of course be temperature checks, I'm told, on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that they have to work on is there's a huge debate about Love scenes and action scenes. I was going to ask you about that because I heard that they might try to even just have all like sex scenes and stuff like that just be CGI at this point. There has been a lot of debate on how they're going to do that because it is an essential part of a lot of these shows and movies. But right now, you know, hmm, that's going to be a hard part to figure out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people go, all right, well, I can see the kissing and all of that. That could be a problem. Or maybe they can wear masks and CGI them out, and there's, you know, all that trick. But see, again, you're adding to the production costs. And then you have the issue of fight scenes, and you go, well, what, what's the big deal? When you have people grappling and throwing each other, they're exerting themselves, so they're exhaling more. Yep. And sweating, stunts, all and of that things stuff. like that. And then I thought about it and said, okay, so we're kind of at that time of year 
where filming generally resumed, because you know I've talked about at Comic-Con, we've been out there, and that's in July, sometimes earlier July, sometimes later. But we have had many instances where casts have come up for the press interviews, and they've told us they have come from the set that morning, and they had just finished filming uh, early that morning, later that night. They flew them down to San Diego, did their bit, and they flew back. And a lot of them have said, oh, yeah, we, we were filming the pilot episode, the first episode for the fall, that sort of thing. So you're kind of right at that time where they could get the filming done and still have a reasonable expectation of not being too far off the fall schedule. And then I also, you know, looked at it and said, well, if they're filming stuff now or able in the next couple of weeks, you might see some footage for this virtual San Diego Comic-Con. So they might still be able to show some trailers and upcoming previews. But it, it's a very trickle-down theory from this, because remember what happened in the NBA. All it took was one person to te- test positive, shut down the entire league mm-hmm. right there and then. Uh, you know, Teams were refusing to take the court that night after it came out that a player had tested positive. And then the league shut down, all of sports shut down, and pretty soon the whole country followed soon after. And that is the big concern. What happens if someone test positive and then you have the whole issue with the scripts and my you know i'm looking at it going if they have shows that don't follow a linear pattern where the previous episode builds on the next one you might be all right because you can look through the scripts and say okay not a lot of romance in this one not a lot of action let's film these first yeah it's a good point other things for later but if that if that's not how your show works you know i i think of something like 24 could you imagine 24 where you have to say, guys, we got to cut back on the action? Yeah, right. Or, I mean, even just along the same lines as, like, a, a lot of the shows, uh, they'll be filming as the uh, as the whole thing is going along. So as the season's going along, they're filming, you know, they're just continuing to do that. That's what happened with The Walking Dead. They couldn't finish everything this last season. So what happens when you're like, well, we're trying to piece all these things together, but now we have three episodes that each have about 30 or 40 percent of the episode done. Are we just going to put storyboards in the middle of the rest of it and let you figure it out and here's one for you what are soap operas going to look like can you imagine soap (laughs) operas where oh yeah you guys can't be bed hopping and you can't be making out and you can't be slapping each other and (laughs) if you do that's got to be kept to a minimum are they just going to be glaring at each other from across the room and i mean you know (laughs) it's all going to be off camera and I can't believe I was in bed with him last night and right. he's in the you know kitchen making coffee and she's getting dressed or you know these are all things that are going to make things really interesting. Well, and I mean to be perfectly honest, a lot of the times necessity breeds creativity and innovation. So it'll be interesting to see at the very least how they try to tackle this thing across all media. Oh yeah, it, it's going to be <laughs> insane because the things that are safe are going to be the animated shows. Oh, you God, know, the yeah. Simpsons family guy, Archer. I know they delayed Archer from when it's going to arrive, but it's coming. Those things are no big deal. They can be as crazy and wild as they want. But And here's the <laughs> other thing. Think about these new shows. They have all these new shows, and you're trying to find an audience, and you're having to play it safe. In fact, oh, yeah. you know, I've already heard things that were supposed to be spring and summer replacements or fill-in, 
were held to put in the fall in case they didn't have fresh content because they've already been filmed in there in the can. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, there's this huge debate. We just got an email the other day saying there's a massive conference thing uh, coming up with a lot of TV networks and executives. And we're thinking maybe we might have a better idea of what the plan is going to be, but you're right. It's going to be insane. And, you know, let's not forget there are things sitting out there dangling in the wind. We still don't know about the third season of star Trek discovery, which has been filmed, but you know, when is that coming? And I think it's going to be really interesting. The good thing about this is we're going to see content. I, you know, I've been told from Disney that, uh, the Marvel shows are apparently going to uh, rolling in July, and there's been some confirmation because there's a convention down in Tampa that apparently got the go-ahead to go in July. <laughs> All right, <laughs> good on you guys. <laughs> 50,000 people, uh, and Paul Bettany was supposed to be there, and he's already pulled out, citing he had to go back to filming. Uh, yeah, I had to so, go back to uh, not going to conventions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no kidding. Oh, it's crazy! It's crazy. Well, to, you be, know, it, and to be perfectly honest, at this point in time, I would be fine just seeing every show animated, maybe for the next year. Maybe that's just something. Everyone will have just a special animated season. <laughs> that, that would be hysterical, kind of like the blacklist did yeah. with their finale. The problem is, and then you run into this problem: uh, how you know. How do you handle the animation studios being overworked? <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, you're going to start grabbing and- the kids out of USC <laughs> and UCLA and say, hey, uh, can you animate? Uh, or, or go back to the South Park style of animation in the early days. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right. Going, this is the best we can do, folks. Take it or leave it. That's fantastic. And I know everyone's going to have to figure out something, and you'll be on the case when it all comes down to it, Gareth. Thank you so much. Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed Interview. Again, that is S. KNR.net. Thanks, buddy. Anytime. Take care. So now with Gareth talking about uh, them starting to do um, uh, filming and such, uh, especially in Vancouver and, and also in California, what we're seeing now also in the news is that a bunch of different movie theaters are going to be opening back up. AMC noted that they've lost billions of dollars literally um, but they're planning on reopening in the uh, in July I believe according to news reports at this time now that being said um, there's been a huge resurgence in drive-throughs uh, drive-throughs drive-in theaters that uh, so because people can safely distance themselves in those cars do you guys imagine yourselves going back to the normal movie theaters and experiencing a movie with other people right now at this point in time? Because I, I know it's, it's like a it's, really... Is it going to be those IMAX with the comfy seats? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of those. I mean, you can choose which ones you want to go to. Uh, I know that uh, Regal and AMC and uh, different places do have the nice leather seats with the with the pullback chairs and all that I fun mean, stuff. That does sound awesome, but I also, I'm kind of a recluse. I like staying home anyways. So this whole, you know, having to stay at home hasn't really bothered me too much. <laughs> but I mean, I don't mind going to theaters. And if someone asks me, I'm not going to be like, oh, no, but I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to go to the theater unless there's a movie I really want to see, which at the moment there isn't really any because well, they all push yeah, back. Yeah, everything's been pushed back on that. Um, and so I, I, like, I like the thought of going to a movie theater, not with like a packed theater at this point in time. Um, but I like that shared communal experience. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best ways to watch horror movies. 
um, which I understand why you're yeah. like, I don't need to worry about that. Um, but so that's kind of where I'm at. I, I don't know 100% at this point in time, in my own opinion. I really want to see more drive-in movie theaters pop in. Yeah. Like, I honestly have been trying to find a projector so I can screen movies <laughs> on my house, like on the side of my house and just start playing movies for the neighbors. I think it just, it's it seems more fun. You can have your friends with you. Yeah. Like you can talk if you, if you and your friends like to be one of those that talks during movies or if you don't or you don't want to hear anybody, you can roll your windows up. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you're going to go to movies, man. I don't. Cause, well, like you said, there aren't really going to be any movies out for a little while because I'm yeah. pretty sure most of them stopped producing for about three months. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a bit of a gap. But two, how do you limit the amount of tickets? I guess you could just pick your seats and then they could only have maybe... A lot of reserved seats. Uh, a lot of places are just reserved seats now anyway, yeah. especially with the fancy chairs. So I just ha- have to imagine there'd have to be like buffers, like maybe like two seats because they're bigger, like especially with the the bigger, more luxury places. Yeah, I guess if they had enough of them, like maybe it's a quarter capacity, I would be okay yeah. with going. But because there are some movies that you should see in theaters that, mm-hmm. you know, are built to be seen because of the sound and the screen size. But... I mean, lucky for us, we work early mornings, yeah. so there's never anyone in the theater anyways. I think the most people I see in a theater <laughs> when I go see a movie is maybe five or six. Yeah, yeah. Like going to see movies at like noon or one or two um, is really beneficial on that end. But like, man, it's summertime and those theaters were cold and relaxing. I don't mm-hmm. know how you're going to convince people to stay socially distant when they're bringing their, you know, four friends when you were 16. And, you know, yeah, you, I, mean, I just don't I don't see it. And especially now, even with um, uh, like video on demand, and they've been pushing a lot of that. I know that that with like new releases are supposed to have been held off, but this has kind of changed everything. Um, and now with everyone's big screen TVs, you can have your very specific friends come over, and it's almost like what you're talking about with the, mm-hmm. the drive-in experience, where you can still talk and BS and watch a movie on a big screen, and a lot of people can just do it straight at home. Yeah, I see the the future of movies really being the whole, we're going to release this on Friday at 6 o'clock, and you can watch it live with all your friends if you pay $5, kind of like a pay-per-view, mm-hmm. and then it goes away. Yeah. Because, I mean, that seems to be the safest and easiest way to get it to people as opposed to, you know, hoping that people are going to come back to your movie theater in droves, which I just don't really see happening. Yeah. So let us know how you feel about that. I would love to hear uh, everyone's thoughts on that. You can do so by going to, uh, well, just go to uh, bjgeeknation at gmail.com or send us a message on Facebook. Let us know how you feel about all that. Uh, Before we get to Vicky, I want to give a shout out to my buddy Casey and uh, all of the nerds over there at the Underpowered Podcast. Um, Recently, actually, as of this last week, I was on the podcast. Is this who you were cheating on us with? Yes, exactly. Um, we talked. Uh, we talked about my uh, my career in radio and the stuff that I've done. And we do focus a lot on video games because they're a video game podcast. Uh, they've put out, I think, twelve or thirteen episodes at this point in time. You can follow them on Twitter at Underpowered Pod. And my podcast uh, titled was Bowser Father of the Year. So if you search for them on every way you can do that, uh, Anchor, on uh, iTunes and all that stuff. It was a fun chat. It was good to talk to some uh, some uh, some video game nerds and just kind of kind of geek out for a little bit. Uh, not with you guys, but, I mean, I'm back. I still love you guys. Oh, hey. Oh, hi. Mm. <laughs> hey, Vicky, it's time yes. to get to The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, dare I ask what's going on? Uh... I actually found this very interesting list on Ranker.com. Oh, we got a list. Yes. <laughs> I never really thought of it this way. There's 
a lot of TV shows out there that have amazing characters, but they were not in season one. Oh, 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 interesting. And like the first one that came to mind was very much on this list, which was uh, Frank Reynolds from It's Always Sunny. Yeah, the first season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia didn't have Danny DeVito as Frank. And I think maybe he had something to do with the show. Yeah, I think they said uh, it's like it's okay. Well, you know, we'll wait for you. They had it was only a seven uh, seven episode first season, and then he later joined season two. Is is he from Philly? I thought that was the whole joke is that he watched it and he's like, that's exactly what it is like. And then yeah. he kind of joined it. I don't know for sure, but I know that they brought him in in the sec. I think mm-hmm. it was the second season, and yes. then uh, which makes sense for the list. Um, but it was one of those things where it's just like. Yeah, things weren't necessarily totally firing. Mm-hmm. I mean, first season, it's always a little bumpy when it comes down to that. But when they brought him in, that whole group just gelled so well. Oh, yeah. And they had no budget. No, no, not at all. I love how filthy he is, just from the bits and pieces I've seen, because I'm not like a regular watcher of it. <laughs> but he's like the most wholesome, sweetest guy from everything I've read about him. In real life, yes. Yes. Frank just... Reynolds is a dirtbag. Yes. Like, I mean, like everyone on that show is an absolute dirtbag. <laughs> I'm sure Vicky remembers when uh, Danny DeVito played the depressed stripper on Friends. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> that what? was really yeah. funny. So it's Phoebe's bachelorette party. Oh, my God. And she's like, okay, so when is the stripper getting here? They're like, well, we're too old for this, the, the shenanigans. And the they're shenanigans. like, come on, I have a bunch of ones. So they call a stripper last minute, and it turns out to be Danny DeVito. <laughs> well, Danny DeVito has a stripper. He may cry during it. Wow. That's hilarious. Who else is on this list? Uh, somebody who did not appear in season one of the their famous show is Butters <gasps> from South Butters. Park. Oh, yeah. Sweet, wholesome Butters. Well, he wasn't needed at the beginning. Yep. He was never actually introduced or allowed to speak until midway through season three in an episode called Two Guys Naked in a Hot Tub. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Butters has had some of the most entertaining arcs in that show ever. Like his, uh, oh man, what? Oh, Professor Chaos. Professor yep. Chaos, <laughs> the last Mohican. <laughs> That's what it says. Even when he's poorly planning destruction as his alter ego, Professor Chaos, you just can't help but root for this lovable little guy. And I never realized his last name was Stotch. So he's Butters Stotch. Butters Stotch. As in Butterscotch. Oh. Oh. (laughs) He quickly became Eric's like like other best friend besides Kenny because Kenny kind of played that role and then mm-hmm. Butters was like the gullible guy that just was like alright Butters uh, there's going to be uh, an epidemic or there's going to be a catastrophe <laughs> you have to hide in this fridge for a year and he's like what? Okay I <laughs> okay. trust you Eric <laughs> I just love the name Butters it's so cute Butters. Uh, next one on the list Brienne of Tarth or Brienne oh yeah I guess that makes sense yep she is probably I think one of the best characters on Game of Thrones just her whole storyline one of the line. redeemable ones yeah, <laughs> but I I loved her, and she didn't really appear until, um, was it the third episode of season two, What is Dead May Never Die? She was she was Stannis the Manus's uh, night, wasn't she? Yes. Okay, that's and right. She was in love with him. He was. She, I think he was the only one that never treated her like a freak. Yeah. Because I think she was supposed to be more homely looking in the comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, the comics in the books. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting all my worlds confused. Yep, yep, but, yep. I mean, because... You know, Gwendolyn Christie's a it's a gorgeous woman, even if you don't put any makeup on her and you dirty her up. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was in love with him. He ends up dying. Then she ends up uh, pledging her allegiance to 
Catelyn and promises to protect her family. Yep. Catelyn dies, then she still goes on to try to protect Sansa and uh, the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really get a lot of screen time, I think, until she goes off with Jamie, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that was that whole almost like a buddy cop uh, traipsing through uh, Westeros sort of thing. Oh, yeah. And huh. it made you made you actually kind of like Jamie. I mean, until the end of the... All right. Ooh. No, that's not his <laughs> fault. Yeah. yeah, really. But her fight with the Hound was epic. So good. And then the whole situation at the end when the Hound and, uh, what is it? Oh, Giant Spain. What's his first name? Oh, Tormund. Tormund. He's like, oh, so you have met her. <laughs> you do know her. <laughs> Those were the two I wanted to ship so bad. Just yes. Brienne and Tormund. Like, they should have just traipsed off into the wild. I get why they didn't. It, it makes, makes sense, sense that they, that they didn't. But come on. <laughs> but uh, do you guys ever watch Parks and Rec? I have seen some Parks and Rec. Uh, so this one being Ben Wyatt, which is the one that Leslie ends up being with. Oh, is that Rob Lowe? No, although oh. they show up at the same time. Oh, okay. Um, so Ben Wyatt's played by Adam Scott. And oh, so that's right. I honestly I think like it was a good season, the first season, but it really the show doesn't really take off until we're introduced to Ben Wyatt and uh Chris Traeger. Traeger. I forget his lot have the same Traeger. Rublo. <laughs> when they came in late in season two. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Because Rublo does a really good job being a funny man, and he, I think, in an interview once said, he's like, I am a com- like a funny actor in a leading man body. Yeah. Because he's got the pretty face, so most of the time they so don't. Pretty. You know, you don't you you overlook the prettiness. Yep. Um, this one I'm not too familiar with, so you guys could kind of tell me here, but right. Saul Goodman. Okay. Yes. Um, uh, and this it, is in Breaking Bad. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk yes. in Breaking Bad, and then eventually Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the uh, the lawyer who uh, uh, strip mall lawyer. Okay, uh, and so it was like one of those ones where you, if you need to launder money, mm-hmm. uh, you need somebody who has a uh, um, oh gosh loose morals. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he's the loosest. It's like one yeah. of those ones where it's just like ambulance chaser sort of guy. And if you watch Better Call Saul, it actually kind of makes sense. They kind of go into his character where he was actually a good lawyer, never given the chance. Then yeah. he essentially got threatened by drug lords and was like, yeah, screw it. All right. Well, here we go. I need to make money and you guys are all screwing me. So all right then. Yep. And he did not make an appearance in Breaking Bad until halfway through season two. Which makes sense because it was all still about, you know, even like Walter and Jesse just getting mm-hmm. it all together. And now we need to launder money and distribute because we're going to become drug kingpins. See, I've never actually seen either of those shows, but oh. I do know Bob Odenkirk. He was the voice of one of the characters in uh, Incredibles 2. Oh, of course So I was. really love his voice. <laughs> Uh, sec- or another one on here is uh, Maggie Green. I don't watch the The Walking Dead, but apparently oh, she yeah. wasn't in season one. Nope. She uh, we didn't meet her until early the second uh, episode of season two. Yep, yep. That's when they went to the farm because mm-hmm. uh, Maggie was the daughter of Herschel, who owned the farm, and that's when everybody had to get away from their uh, trailer camp imp- uh, encampment. Uh, which is where we found Lori and Shane and all of those people as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And she has been a very integral part up until this last season when she left, the actress. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think maybe she's coming back, but I don't know because I haven't watched the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. It's not even over yet because I still haven't finished the other one because of COVID. Great, wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Vicky, one one more. Uh, Okay, let's do a... Do a fun one. Do you want a fun one or a geeky one? Uh, Let's do a... Let's do a fun one. 
All right, so Newman from Seinfeld, which I know you've been uh, kind of watching Newman. lately. Yep, so on Hulu. <laughs> the ultimate arch nemesis to Jerry on Seinfeld, Newman, never mm-hmm. a first name, by the way, it was just Newman, Yep, was expertly brought to life by Wayne Knight. And although oh, so it may good. seem like Newman was always hanging around Jerry's apartment, he wasn't mentioned until halfway through season two in the episode The Revenge. Even then, we only heard Newman's voice, and the character didn't appear on screen until the season three episode The Suicide. And it was really interesting. Interesting on that point because, like, yeah, as a point of contention between him and like between him and Jerry was always it's just like he didn't like him and it was always doing devious things. But him and Kramer were very, very good friends, and they was always they would always get into like stupid things together. <laughs> and that's one weird thing about Seinfeld in general. Jerry was always my least favorite character, and because oh, yeah. their supporting cast was so good. Yeah. And then you realize that, like, you can say every single character in Seinfeld, much like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, they're all just terrible people yep. because they legitimately are. But if you're like, well, I don't like Jerry because he's a jerk. I don't like, you know, George because he's just neurotic. Oh, yeah. But at least Elaine's nice. And then someone else is like, no, Elaine's a terrible person because of this, this, and this, and this. And you're like, yeah, but that one's my favorite. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.